But there is an enduring hope that in the shifting, in the migration, there will be blessing. This is Chapter, Verse, and Season, a lectionary podcast from Yale Bible Study. Join us each week as two Yale Divinity School professors look at an upcoming text from the Revised Common Lectionary. This episode, we have Mark Heim, who's the Samuel Abbott Professor of Christian Theology at Andover Newton Seminary at Yale Divinity School, and Abdul Rahman Malik, who's the Associate Research Scholar and Lecturer in Islamic Studies. They're discussing Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4a, which is appointed for the second Sunday in Lent in year A. Here's the text. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4a. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Mark, one of the things that occurs to me when I I read this is the statement I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. And and that really resonates with me because one of the things that is so emblematic in the Islamic tradition when it comes to, to, to Abraham, Ibrahim in Arabic is that the Quran too calls Abraham a nation, a nation unto himself. And I think that's a really powerful idea. And it, it, for me, it's almost central to what's happening in this, in this set of verses. Yeah, we've said we've said that this text is so central to both our traditions, and it's such a such a great place to start in our conversation. And this idea that the entire nation is contained within Abraham and Sarah at, at this moment is striking. And the idea we don't usually think about our we think of ourselves as descendants. We don't think of ourselves as the progenitors of a great nation, and yet we stand in that in that tradition. So it's it's a it's a great text to begin with, and this. This call to Abraham to pick up and go, he knows yes. not where, is has always been, certainly in my tradition, always emblematic of the nature of faith that steps where it can't really see entirely into the future, right? What's going to be involved in this process? Right. And, and he's not young, Abraham. He's 75 <laughs> years, years old. He's lived an entire life, and, and now he's being asked by the Lord God to, to to go out into this very uncertain future, but actually almost like an uncertain future with a certain ending, isn't it? That the mm. promise is there, that the promise of being a nation that is blessed and that all people on earth will be blessed through you. I I, I, I love what you said there, Mark, about Abraham containing nations, because I think when I engage with that idea I think about the other line of Abraham through mm. Hagar or in Arabic Hajar and Ishmael, Ismail. And, and that, you know, there's this sense in reading these verses of, the, of their expansiveness, even though some who might be reading them may not see them as expansive, right? The meaning is expansive. 
Well, and the I, I love the age note, right? Uh, from where I'm sitting uh, on the on the span of years, the, that you could do this completely new project and this massive project at this time in your life is encouraging. It's a blessing in itself. But I, I love the discussion about the, the three blessings. Uh, God is promising you a land, promising you to be a great people, but promising that all the nations of the earth will bless themselves by you. And that's such a, I mean, the first two could be seen in a somewhat self-interested way, but but the third is really asking us always to be thinking about what's what's the purpose of our particular right relationship with God and our particular community for the entire community. And it's that universalistic tenor to this Abrahamic text, I think is so key to each of our, tra- our traditions, but also is calling us into kind of community with each other. And, and, and there's a burden of responsibility there, isn't there? It's like, you know, if we are people of Ibrahim, if we are people of Abraham and all peoples on earth will be blessed through us, then we need to be worthy enactors of, of that blessing and of giving that blessing out. So, I mean, I, I think we get into this really interesting conversation about chosenness and blessing, but but I almost feel that as you enter into, you're right, the, the tenor, the tone, the intentionality of these verses, what it's saying is that be worthy of that blessing, that Abraham was given that blessing, and he sought that travel into the unknown in order to achieve that blessing. The question comes back to me is that, have I traveled? Have I gone into the unknown? Have I pushed the boundaries of of my own experience in order that I may acquire the experiences and the and the skills, really the spiritual skills that may allow me to be someone who is blessed to blessed to others. I know when we've talked before, Ar, you you've mentioned the, the sense of continuity that the Islamic community feels with Abraham, and I mean in in a very concrete, liturgical, even geographical way. Could you say something about that? Yeah, thank thank you for for that reminder, Mark. I I feel like you know in in the tradition, and particularly in the prophetic tradition, the Prophet Muhammad was very intentional about referencing Abraham as a father. And in the famous night journey that that Muslims believe the Prophet took from Mecca to Jerusalem, and then from Jerusalem into the heavens to an experience with 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 the divine that on that journey Abraham was met and that and that this kind of meeting happened between father and grandson and and that's a very powerful idea and it was a very powerful idea for the early muslim community and i think it's as powerful for us today to to think always when we think of our christian siblings and our Jewish siblings, that we see ourselves as part of a spiritual family. Certainly from our positionality, we see ourselves as part of a spiritual family. And that for me is like a powerful foundation to build relationship on, right? We build relationship as human beings, but we also build this kind of spiritual DNA. And I think the idea that the Prophet Muhammad is seen within the Islamic tradition as the seal of revelation, you know, the, the the last to be given this kind of formal revelation, the same formal revelation that came to Jesus and to Moses, and we believe to, to Abraham as well, in a way sort of closes out this tight spiritual relationship between all these 
important uh, important characters really in our divine story that it is abraham and sarah it's it's his family i mean it's his group that's called out that travels we we always hear kind of the name the name of abraham and sarah but that this kind of pilgrim quality to a life of commitment and faith is always spoken to me so powerfully that the promise is exciting. It's it's a great gift. It's a it's a wonderful assurance to have, but it it requires a certain uncertainty and a, a time of transition and a time of not knowing, a time of being open to unclarity. I mean, you, we can tell the story as as a great kind of triumphant one of Abraham going out to this great future, but it's a moment of accepting. The call. It's a it's a moment of uh, stepping away, right, from possessions, familiarity, and so on. So this is something that's always been striking to me about the Abraham story. I mean, it comes to me when I'm facing that sort of incident, right, of of trusting, trusting into the future on the promises of God. This features a lot in sort of uh, hymnody and and devotional life amongst Christians, and this kind of aspect of the story. It's such that's so beautiful, Mark, and I, I resonate with it so much, especially in a time where we have, as human beings, been witness to the mass migration of mm. people, to people fleeing their home as as refugees. And, and can you imagine being a refugee from Halab, from Aleppo, and reading these verses and knowing that our spiritual forefathers and foremothers, too were sent from their country and their people and their father's household and their lands to other places that, that, that in the, you know, it's, it's hard for us at times. I know it's hard for me at times to, to see, understand, come to terms with the divine plan, but there is, you're right in these verses, an enduring hope that in the shifting, in the migration, in the travel, there will be, there will be blessing. And I, and I think back to, you know, my grandparents who migrated as refugees from the newly created India to the newly created Pakistan during the partition of the subcontinent in 1947. And I remember the incredible trauma that lingered in our family and continues to linger in parts of our family around that experience. And I sometimes feel that we actually didn't spend time on thinking about the spiritual implications of what it meant to leave home, often because we were afraid to confront that experience, right? We, we, there was a sense that, that there was a blessing, right? They were coming into a new land, a land where they would feel safe, a nation that was, was made to honor their faith and their tradition, and yet to leave the familiar, and to leave the familiar that was familiar to you for generations, not just a place that you'd live for a little while, is really... Is, is a difficult thing, I think, for us to contend with. And yet these verses bring us back to that. So, so whether, we're, whether it's, it's the experience of, of, of asylum or refugeeness, the experience of migration, or as you said, coming to turning points in our, in our lives, th- there's so much hope here. And, and it's so much connection here to the experiences that are in our spiritual genealogy. Well, when you lift up that dimension, I mean, it's striking. The, the verse, a verse we've not talked about, but you know, I will bless those who bless you, those who curses you, I will curse. It it kind of turns, it turns the image around. We, we're focused so much on Abraham going out, but that's focused upon those who will encounter him along the way, right? That you should accept as the stranger, the migrant, but the one who has been displaced, you know, in this case on a quest, but maybe, maybe not voluntarily uh, at all, 
that the kind of divine concern for the traveler and the stranger and that the the commandment to bless those who are traveling through your midst. Mark, that is profound. Actually, that's that, I, I, I feel like my heart pauses as you as you say that because it, it, you what you say rings so true this idea of whoever curses you i will curse is, is is in fact can be seen as a caution right as a caution to those of us who encounter those who are traveling on the way to god or on the way to safety on the way to a new, a new home what should our relationship with them be how relevant is that to the moment where we're living in in now and that we will continue to live in as people continue to try to find peace and safety in places other than the places that they were born. Well, and that that hope, I mean, all the families of the earth shall be blessed by you to think, to see the uh, arrival of other people, right, from other places and other backgrounds and so on as a blessing, as part of God's greater blessing to your community is an aspect of this text I'd not, I'd not thought about in this connection, but seems, as you say, very, very profound that this, that the journey undertaken by Abraham is already a blessing in in the encounters that are going to emerge from it with other peoples and other settings, other locations. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Professors Haim and Malik, for your insights on Genesis. For a transcript of this episode and lots more Bible study resources, visit YaleBibleStudy.org. Chapter, Verse, and Season is a production of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School. It's produced by creator and managing editor Joel Baden, production manager Kelly Morrissey, associate producer Aidan Stoddard, and I'm your host and executive producer, Helena Martin. Mixing on today's episode and our theme music are by Calvin Linderman. We'll be back with another conversation from Chapter, Verse, and Season.